Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. Hey, good morning, Cultivate Church. I am so glad that you are tuned in to Church Online today. Once again this week, we are one church in many different homes, and I know that many of you are in your pajamas right now watching Church Online, and I'm just glad that you're tuned in, and I pray that today is encouraging to you, and I know that many of you watching may be watching for the very first time. Maybe you've never been a part of Cultivate Church before, and we're just honored that you would take time to spend your morning with us. Everything we do at Cultivate Church is with you in mind. Our heart and our mind and our attitude is always to serve those who've never had an experience with church or cultivate church, so we're honored that you're tuned in today. And I'm excited about today's message. Your message notes are there online. We're concluding a series this week that we've been calling On Display. And the whole heartbeat of this series has been living our lives in such a way, those of us who follow Jesus, that other people who do not know Christ would be able to see him and experience him through the life that we live. We have a hope that's not of this world. We have a hope that comes straight from the Lord. And the Bible actually challenges us in the way that we live to actually represent Jesus to those who do not know who he is. And it all comes from Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. It's the very top of your outline. And this is what it says. Above all, this is for those of us who follow Christ. You must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner that is worthy of the good news about Christ. So you and I are simply representatives. We're a representation of Jesus in this world. We're to bring his love to people, his hope to people. And right now, more than anything, I believe the peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. It guards our hearts and it guards our minds. And we need that right now in this season. And that's what Jesus brings to you and to me. And so our life should represent and reflect that for the lives of others. And I've titled our message today, As Seen on on TV. And I have to confess to you today, maybe this is weird. I don't believe it is because they're really uh, popular because they've been around for years, is those infomercials late night on television. I'm a late night person, and I like to sit up late. And lots of times, if you just flip through the channels late at night, you see all sort of things that are for sale. I mean, you've been through the gauntlet of Suzanne Summers and her thigh master, uh, all these different things. But my ultimate favorite of all the incredible infomercials has to be the ones where the guy in the sweater was selling the car wax. And my favorite thing was he would take the car wax and he would, he would first set the car hood on fire. And then he would put out the fire and he would show you that the car was burned and it was all black on the paint. And he would take that wax and he would just wax it away like a miracle. Now I know that they had to have sold countless numbers of bottles of car wax simply because who lights a car on fire then puts wax on it and the car is perfectly okay. Was it a good product? I don't know, but it was an incredible infomercial because I have remembered it all of my life. And just as a good infomercial would encourage someone to pick up the phone in their house back in the old days and call in and order that product. Today, you get on the computer, you grab your phone, and in an instant, you're buying something just out of, out of a response of seeing something immediately that enticed you to want to know more about it and want to experience it. And my hope for us today is that we would be those people that would be like that infomercial, so enticing that people would want to know what we are about. And I believe that today, specifically, in our society, in our culture, 
in the world around us, in our circumstances, in the uncertainties and the unknowns. People want to know the reason that you and I are so faithful. We have so much peace. We have so much hope. And we have so much calm in the midst of this storm. And I believe that everyone is looking for something and they just don't know exactly what they're looking for. But church, as believers, those of us who follow Jesus, we know that He is the hope and He is the one that we're looking for. Unfortunately, because of the circumstances around us, sometimes it's hard to see. And I think about moments from Scripture that just keeps reminding me of a picture of just a time like we're in today. And that was a moment after Jesus was crucified on the cross and everyone around him was devastated. Even though Jesus had told them, hey, this time is coming, they didn't fully understand it. And just like today, the Bible tells us that times like this will come all around us and we will experience lots of trouble. But then we still don't know how to respond to it. Now, we know that after the third day, Jesus was resurrected. And before he returned to heaven, Jesus actually, he went and revealed himself and had conversations with numerous people. And the Bible counts so many different uh, conversations and times where Jesus would speak to those people. But they didn't all go the way I think that they would go when Jesus showed up. If you want to write this down, this is just an extra. In Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 16, Jesus shows up to two of the disciples. They're walking and they're talking and having a conversation. And Jesus shows up and they don't even recognize that it's Jesus. Listen to verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up, walked along with them. Notice this. Jesus is walking beside these two disciples, friends of Jesus. And verse 16 says, but they were kept from recognizing him. Jesus was walking right along with them and they didn't even recognize that it was Jesus. And then in Luke uh, or John rather chapter 20 verses 14 and 15, Mary, who was a great friend of Jesus, notice what happened with her. It says she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. This is after the resurrection. But she didn't recognize or realize that it was even Jesus. And so in verse 15, he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? And thinking that he was the gardener. I love that. Mary thought Jesus, the son of God, her friend, was the gardener. And thinking that he was just the gardener, she said, Sir, have you carried him away? Tell me where you've put him, and I will go get him. It blows my mind, it baffles me, that friends of Jesus, those who walked along beside him, could not even recognize that he was standing there. I believe that today, our world around us, is looking and searching through our heartbreak and through our fear, through all of our worry and anxiety, through all the difficulty and the stress that's happening right now in the world. Everyone, I believe, is looking for something. And because of the hurts and the pains and the circumstances, they can't see Jesus standing right in front of them. So church, for us today, that's why it's so important that we are living our lives on display in such a way that people would be able to see Jesus clearly through you and through me. And so today, I want to take us quickly through a three-step process that I believe the Lord will help us grow in and that we can help others take the journey to finding life in Jesus. And so I want to pray today. And if you're a believer watching this and you follow Jesus, I, I want to, today that this would encourage you to, to be a person that would live as a representative of heaven. 
And that your life would be on display. And that today would motivate us to live that way like never before, especially in a time like this. And today maybe you're watching and you're just considering. You're not sure about Jesus. You're not sure if that's really the answer. You're not sure if that's just a crutch that Christians lean on or if it's the real thing. I just pray that today you would just open your heart, open your mind, and just give him an opportunity to prove himself to you. So let's pray over the word. Father, what a, what a beautiful day that we have have. Thank you for technology so that we can all be together and we can all be connected. We thank you that we get to do this today. And I pray that over this word, over just the next few moments, would encourage us and challenge us and motivate us. Father, open our ears to hear you, open our mind to understand it, and our heart to retain it. We don't want to just be hearers of your word. We want to be doers. So Father, change us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as seen on TV, if we're going to be attractive to people, living life on display, we have to know the process of advertising or when to advertise. And I want to give you three of those today. Number one is this, write this down, is we need to advertise when we are doubtful. Write the word doubtful down on your outline or on your note sheet somewhere. Doubtful. All around us, I know that in seasons like this, that causes doubt. And there's a famous story of doubt out of Scripture, and it's still, if you're there in John chapter 20, it's about a man named Thomas. And after the resurrection, Thomas had a really hard time buying into the fact that people were telling him, we've seen Jesus. We had a conversation with Jesus. And Thomas just wasn't buying into it, and he actually received the nickname Doubting Thomas. It's like you do one thing wrong one time, you say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, and that nickname is given to you, and you can't get rid of it. Thomas doubts one time and he gets the nickname Doubting Thomas. Notice in the story in John 20 verses 24 and 25 it says now Thomas one of the twelve one of the twelve disciples was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So Jesus after the resurrection has shown himself had conversations with some of the other disciples. They tell Thomas about it because he wasn't there. And so when the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord, he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, unless I put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Thomas had already made up his mind. He had already made a decision. I will not believe unless I see it for myself. It's the old saying, I'll believe it when I see it. Many of us have said that, we have felt that, we have experienced that, and we've walked through that in seasons of our life. And I think in right now, in the culture around us, in all of this world, many people are seeing, saying, we'll see. If it happens, then I'll believe it. If the economy turns around, I'll believe it. If we're safe, if they get a cure, if they get an answer, I'll believe it. If life can actually go back to normal, I'll believe it when I see it. But I doubt it. You know, disappointment is really the root of a lot of our doubt. And many of us have experienced disappointment in a lot of ways. We've been disappointed by people, maybe by pastors or by churches. We've been disappointed by people that we love, our parents or our siblings, our friends, people that we trusted. We've all experienced disappointment. And that disappointment often leads to doubt. We don't want to believe again. We don't want to trust again. We are, we are having a hard time embracing the hope that Jesus brings. And so today, I'm asking you to consider where you are in your circumstances and ask yourself this question. Am I like Thomas struggling with this doubt? You know, one of the famous doubters that I love, and I've always thought this was funny, 
Um, a guy named Charles Duell, he was a commissioner of a trademark office, the office that gives trademarks and patents to all these different companies and all these different products. In the very end of the 1800s, the very beginning of the 1900s, he made a statement that said, we've seen everything we're going to see. It's as good as it's going to get. He said, it cannot get better from here. There will be no greater innovation than what we have already seen. The end of the 1800s, the beginning of the 1900s. And I got a little curious, and so I looked up what were the trademarks that had been accomplished and written and administered back in this time frame. And this were some of the things, a remote control, which is pretty great because that's still around today. And I'm sure in that time that was pretty mind-blowing. But a remote control, the thumbtack. Okay, the fly swatter, and my favorite of all, candy corn. Now, I know that candy corn does not fly off the shelves, but my wife is a huge fan of candy corn. Every year, when as soon as you can find it, as soon as you can buy it, my wife has candy corn in our house. But I cannot imagine being the individual that sees candy corn and says it will never get any better than this. This is the greatest snack. This is the greatest candy that there ever has been and ever will be. Many of us think we've seen it all. We've experienced it. We've lived a lot of life, and we've been let down one too many times. And unless I see it for myself, I will not believe it. And I think about things that we doubt. We doubt God. We doubt ourselves. We doubt other people. We, we doubt the words that people speak, the actions that people take. What's the motivation that's behind it? We're just doubtful people. And the result of doubt is delaying or rejecting a decision out of concerns of mistake. Let me say that again. The result of doubt is a delaying or rejecting a decision out of concerns for mistakes. So in other words, when you doubt something, when you, when you have hesitation in something, it will cause you to reframe or to push away or to withhold or withdraw from making a decision or taking some action. Notice that in this story, Thomas said, I won't believe it until I see it. I will not believe until I put my hands and my fingers into his wounds. There were some very tangibles that he was looking for. And until he got those specific things, he was taking no action until God met him where he was. Now, not all doubt is bad because I believe that many of our doubts is what leads us to discoveries. Many of the things that have been discovered and the, 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 the big you know, inventions of our time and all the, 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 the findings and, and the miracles that have taken place have all come from someone's doubts that were, that were looked at and researched and they led to discoveries that have created some incredible things to our life. And so maybe today, if you don't follow Jesus, if you haven't given him your life and you're doubtful about that decision, if you're doubtful about what I'm saying and you feel like Thomas and you're saying, I'll believe it when I see it, maybe your doubt could lead to a discovery in your life if only you were willing to just give it a chance. And church, I believe, those of us who are representing Christ, I do believe that there are people around us watching our response in a time like this. And they're trying to see what we can bring to present Jesus in the middle of their doubt. And the second thing I think we need to do is we need to advertise and we need to let things know, people know that all things are possible. Write that down, number two. That all things are possible. 
In John chapter 20, verses 26 and 27, notice what happens next with Thomas. And I love this. It says, a week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. So all of them are sitting around. They're in a house. They're probably reclined together. They're probably still really bummed and really confused and really disappointed about what's just happened. They just lost Jesus in this life. And so I don't know what they're doing, if they're reclined or sitting or eating or what's happening, but the Bible says that though the doors were locked, all the doors are locked, they're in there locked inside, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Now many of you are thinking that's just how Jesus did. He just floats around and says, peace be with you. I think he says that because people are freaked out. The doors are locked, and now Jesus is standing in the living room. I would be freaked out. I'm probably not as spiritual as you are, but I would think you would be too. There in the middle, out of nowhere, is Jesus. And then, verse 27, Jesus directs his attention very specifically to one place and to one person. And you guessed it. It was Thomas. The Bible says in verse 27, he said to Thomas, Hey, Thomas. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. He said, stop doubting and believe. God shows up where you need him, when you need him, and how you need him. Jesus is so faithful that today he wants you to know that everything in him is possible. So as believers, when we look out in this world and in our circumstance and in all the uncertainty and all of the unrest, we see hope in Jesus because all things are possible, the Bible says, to those who believe. And I'm telling you today that just as Jesus addressed Thomas in the middle of his doubt, Jesus can address your doubt right where you are. And your eyes can be open to the possibilities of life and hope and experience with Jesus. I love right now that my son, Asher, he's three, he'll be four in May. But right now, it is so much fun watching him because he's still growing up. And one of the coolest things is that it's, 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 everything's almost a new experience. It's the first time that he sees something and he's got this new thing that he says. He'll say, Dad, wow, I didn't know it could do that. Did you know that? Wow, Dad, I didn't know that. Uh, just this uh, past few weeks, uh, we're redoing his room, and he's kind of outgrown his bed. And so we're, we're kind of taking some stuff out of his room. And, and right behind his bed has been a, a, a wall that's been chalkboard painted into mountains. Now, since he's been born, that wall has been that way, and it is chalkboard paint. You can write on that wall with chalk, but he had no idea. But just this week, his mom revealed that to him and said, I want to show you something. She said, did you know that you can write on this wall and this wall alone, just this wall in this house, no other ones, but you can write on this wall, Asher, this is a chalkboard wall. And he said, I can do that? And so he got a little box of chalk and he began writing on the wall. And he said, dad, dad, come in here and see this. He said, did you know it could do that? Did you know that? Have you ever seen this before? And in every new little experience, his eyes just light up. Dad, I didn't know that. Did you know that this could do this? I've never seen this before. And I believe just as Thomas is in this moment with Jesus, where Jesus is directly saying, hey, Thomas, put your hands here. 
You could experience something that you didn't know it could ever do before. All of us have these moments of experiences and learning and growing and, and things around us that we just don't know because we just don't know. Just this week, I had some service done on my 2007 Mustang. It had an uh, airbag recall, and I dropped it off. And, and the man told me, he said, I have a loaner vehicle outside for you. And he said, it only has four miles on it. It is brand new. It was a Ford Fusion, one of their four-door family cars. And I went to get in the car, and he handed me the key fob. And I was looking for the little key to pop out or something on the key fob and there was not one and I looked at the the display in the dash and I saw a button that said push to start and I pushed the button and it did nothing and I thought okay how do I get out of this this parking lot so I put my foot on the brake and then pressed it and the car started I thought okay that's amazing and I saw in the dash the parking brake was on and I'm looking for the parking brake and there is no button there is no lever and I look in the console and there's a little button with the logo for a parking brake and I push the button and the parking brake comes off. And then I go to put it in gear and I'm looking for the shifter and there is no shifter. I twisted a dial to put the car in drive. It was amazing. I mean, I'm pretty good with technology. Now, I, my cars are paid for. I like to live debt free. It's just me. So I'm not into cars that are new and of this age. And I was blown away trying to figure out what I was in. It was a new experience. And some of us are in the middle of some uncertainty, some uncharted territory in the life that we're living. And we're trying to figure all of this out and what to do and what buttons to press and how to make this thing go. But I want to tell you, in the middle of the doubt that we're living, there is possibility. And Jesus will meet you right where you are. And even though it's uncertain, and even though it's uncharted, Jesus will show up and He will speak to you in the possibilities of your life. This is an extra one. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, it says, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Today, don't lean on yourself. Don't trust your own intellect. Many of us try to lean on what we can understand. Don't lean on your own strength, because that means then you have to do it. Don't lean on your own abilities. Because that means you have to be gifted enough to be able to get through it. Today, I'm encouraging you to lean on Jesus. Regardless of our present position, through Jesus, all things are possible. So today, no matter what our position is, in this uncertain time, believers, the world is watching the life that we live. That we tread through the doubt. We embrace the possibilities that we know are there through Jesus. And the world around us that is considering living in this moment of doubt can see through the life that we live, all things are possible. And then number three, I want you to write this down, is that we need to advertise. We need to bring this when people are trustful. We need to let people know that Jesus is trustful. Write that down. John chapter 20, verses 28 and 29. I love what happens next with Thomas. It's so sincere. It's so honest. It's just a moment where, where Thomas just kind of comes to this realization moment that his doubt, even though he had to walk through it, led him to a moment of possibility because of Jesus. And then to a moment where he could fully embrace and trust who Jesus is. Verse 28, Thomas said to him, 
my Lord, and my God. What a moment of, of reality. When Thomas said, lest I, well, lest I see it, lest I experience it, <laughs> I will not believe. And Jesus shows up where he needed him. And immediately Thomas said, you are my Lord and you are my God. Verse 29, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not yet seen and have believed. Today, that's the power of faith. Faith is not really anything that you can really drum up in yourself. There's so many definitions of faith. But really, faith is just making a decision to believe. It's making a simple decision to trust. Jesus said to Thomas, hey, look, you, you've seen me today. I've been able to walk in this living room and present my life to you. I've been able to show you the wounds from the nail marks and the piercing of my side. And because of that, today, Thomas, you believe. But there's going to be many people that will not physically see me. But those people who have faith, who make a decision, that no matter what it is that they do see in front of them, that they see through it to see me clearly. Today, we need to put God back in his proper place, in his proper position. And we need to elevate him above all of our problems. The power of God is stronger than the problems of this world. And so when we elevate God and put him in his proper place, as with all power and all might and all ability, and we put our trust in Him, it takes us out of this atmosphere of worry and of doubt. It helps us to remember the possibilities of God, to see the possibilities of what God can do so that we can lift and place all of our faith where it should be focused, and that's on God and God alone. Blessed are those who have not seen but yet have believed. Today I'm asking you, if you don't follow Christ, to consider putting your trust in Him alone. This past um, Wednesday night, um, a man named Nick Walenda, he is a, a famous tightrope walker. He walks a stretched cable, and he's walked over Niagara Falls. He's walked over the Grand Canyon. He's walked over Times Square in New York. He's walked over the city of Chicago. And this past Wednesday night, live on television, he walked across a live volcano. Maybe you saw it on television. You can go back, I'm sure, and find it online somewhere. But it was incredible because as we were watching this special presentation, uh, he had prayer with his family before he walked across the tightrope. And I've seen many celebrities and uh, uh, movie stars, musicians have prayer, you know, before a concert. And, and I knew that it really wasn't uh, maybe a, a real believer's prayer. It was just a prayer. It was just a ritual, something they did. But as soon as Nick began praying with his family, my wife, she immediately said, whoa, that's not just a, a typical prayer. That's a believer's prayer. That's somebody who knows the Lord. And then as he walked across this volcano, holding that balancing pole and, and walking across there, it took him some 30, 40 minutes to walk across this volcano. He was mic'd and you could hear everything he was saying. And the entire time he walked across this tightrope, he was singing worship songs. And he was praying. At one moment, this massive gust of wind came. And you could see him holding that pole. And he was leaning. And you could see him just buried, bracing himself and catching his balance. And this is what he said. He said, Lord, the wind goes wherever you send it. 
And he would pray and he would worship. The entire, on live national television, he was worshiping and talking to Jesus. And I found an interview where he said in 2012, when he walked across Niagara Falls, they were asking him, like, how do you get through this experience? And this is what he said. He said, it's actually more peaceful than you would imagine. He said, I trust in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. That's where I find my peace, the peace that passes all understanding. I think that in our walk with Christ, there are so many distractions in this world trying to pull us left and right, trying to distract you. It's about focusing on the other side and staying focused on our Lord. I think that's an incredible statement. He said, I trust in Jesus. That's where I find my peace. And although the world would pull us to the left and to the right, so that we would, in hopes, lose our balance. He just says, I put my focus and my trust in him so that I can get to the other side. Today, here's my challenge for us. Church, those of us who are living representations, living life on display for Jesus, that you and I would understand that right now is an incredible opportunity as the world around us is just living in a season of doubt. And they're hoping and looking for a sign of possibility for something real, for some sort of real change. And today I know that it's putting our trust in Jesus. So you and I have this opportunity, responsibility to live this out and to deliver hope to people in the middle of this season. And today if you're watching and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, here's my challenge for you. That maybe today through your doubt, you would just see that there's some possibility here for you. And there are so many of us whose lives have been changed through Jesus that would love to introduce you to the hope of, of Christ, the life change that he can bring, if only you would consider placing your trust in him. So today, that peace that passes all understanding is by focusing on the one who gets us to the other side. And so I want to pray for us today. I would like for wherever you are, I know it's chaotic in the middle of your homes and things are happening all around you. There's so many distractions, but maybe just right now, you just settle the environment. I don't want to pray for you. Two things on my heart today that I want to pray for. Number one, if you're watching and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, let me tell you, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know all the answers. You just have to be available. You just have to say, I've got doubt. And unless I see it, I won't believe it. And just give Christ, give Jesus the possible opportunity to come into your heart. Place your trust in him and just see the difference that he can make. And I want to pray for you. And then I want to pray for us as a church that we would be people that would not they would not falter in this season, that our faith would not fail us, and that we would walk through the doubt. We would embrace the possibilities and put our trust wholly in Christ so that people around us would see the difference that Jesus has made in our lives. What a season. What an opportunity. So, Father, right now, for all of my friends watching online, I pray right now that if there would be one person that would need to give their heart or their life to you, that in this moment, Jesus, we just confess that we've sinned, we have fallen short, we've gotten it wrong. 
Father, we've made our mistakes, and we know that there are things stopping us from having a relationship with you. And today, we ask you to remove those barriers. We confess our sins. We put you first in our life, and we dedicate ourselves to you. From this day forward, Jesus, we belong to you, and we will never be the same. And Father, for all of us who are living life on display, help us to overcome our doubt, to remember the possibilities that you bring to our life. And today, we make a fresh commitment to put our trust in you. We know the world is watching our response. And Jesus, we want to represent you well. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for the opportunity that in a season like this, you trust us. Father, we choose to live life on purpose, and we do it for you. In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you for tuning in on the final week of On Display. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, please follow the link on your screen and let us know. We want to send you some information that will be helpful for you in your faith journey. Welcome to the family. I do want to remind you, we say this every week in the season that we're in, social distancing is not relational distancing. So make sure that you're connecting with people. Give them a phone call, send them a text message, an email. Reach out to people in your small group. Join a virtual small group. There's plenty of ways that you can stay connected in the season that we're in. And if you would like to give, there's plenty of ways right now on your screen that you can do that. Your generosity is still making a massive difference. It provides this, what we get to be a part of every week, worshiping together. We're already still making a difference in our community, helping shut-ins and helping families that are in need. Your generosity is making all of the difference. So thank you, church, for being generous and doing what you're doing. I can't wait to see you next time. We'll see you in a virtual group somewhere this week.